Welcome to No Room for Phonies. It is late August and we are back, Charles and Pam, with uh, another podcast. Uh, I just jumped out of the pool, so if that is how I look. And we're also canning tomato sauce today, which you can uh, consult the website if you want to know how to do it or see some of the pictures of what we've been doing today. And it is hot, hot, hot. Hot. And we had to can two weeks earlier than normal because the tomato crop is ready. Yeah, so if we didn't do it now, we're going to miss it. And we didn't want to miss it. We we're no. quite um, whatever about making sure we have tomatoes. So welcome to No Room for Phonies, episode 47, Kids and School and Technology. So uh, the cocktail, we have not tried the Frankie because it is Frangelico, Kahlua, Irish Cream, Cream and Hazelnut. And it is not a hot weather drink. Not at all. So, and it has been so hot. And then in September, we're, we have the full moon, which is two-thirds of a cup of cold espresso, a half an ounce of white rum, a half an ounce of Kahlua, a teaspoon of sugar, a half an ounce of cream, and cloves and cinnamon, which sounds like a very nice drink for... Iced coffee. Yeah, iced coffee. Yeah. So we might try that one. It's like a non-pumpkin spice fall drink. Yes, non-pumpkin spice. <laughs> so those are the cocktails. And um, for book recommendations, I've read two books that I want that stood out to me. One is called My Secret Sister by Helen Edwards and Jenny Lee Smith. Uh, they are the actual sisters in the story. And then they had someone help them write it. But it's a true story. So it's awesome. just very interesting. And I've been rereading Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, so it's cool. I, it's not a new book. But the other one I want to recommend is The Winter Wives by Lyndon McIntyre. And our book club is going to have a Zoom on September 30th. And Lyndon McIntyre is going to be actually there. Cool. Our author series. Author series, nice. yeah. So that's kind of fun. So those are two really good um, end of summer reads, quick reads, but great stories. And then for podcasts this time, I found Forbes five podcasts that will change how you think. And number one was the Revisionist History One mm -hmm. by Malcolm Gladwell that I had suggested. Yeah, from... I listened to two episodes since last time. So they it's were good. Good. And then Hidden Brain by Shankar Vedantam. Oh, I've listened to his a lot. Okay. Very so good. Beyond Finances by Callie and Eric Roberge. Never heard of them. Anyway. Entrepreneurs on Fire by John Lee Dumas. <laughs> what? I've heard his stuff too. Okay. And then Akimbo by Seth Godin. Awesome. So the five podcasts that will change how you think. And then the question of the day, which I'd love to hear, what's the most important thing to do to help prepare your child for the school year ahead? So I'm going to answer that when I come back. Well, I'm, I think I'm going to put it on the... Um, on a few of the uh, social media posts. Oh, that's cool. So anyway, but if you have ideas on it, please let me know, right? Yeah. So kids, technology, and school. And um, there is violence in the media. Like we, I know that kids are exposed and there's a lot of video games that are pretty violent. And streaming tv series yeah that are violent and... so i think it's really important before we get into what happens at school that you as parents are reducing the exposure uh to media violence for your kids i don't think it helps anybody to be exposed to that 
kind of stuff. Well, it normalizes it. Yeah. It makes and, it normal. So. And then if they see violent images, you need to change the impact of the violent images they have seen by watching with them and then decoding and talking about what's the difference between reality and fantasy. And I think you really actually have to go out of your way to talk about that with your kids. Yeah. Because they won't necessarily no. bring it up. Just some of your super sensitive kids who pick up on those vibes, but a lot of kids don't. And then I think you need to locate and explore alternatives to uh, media that solve conflicts with violence. To kind of talk about there's other ways to solve problems. And a true hero doesn't necessarily have to be violent. Mm -hmm. Because we see a, a lot of violence, I think, in our society, even more so than when our kids were small. And I think you have to talk with other parents about how they manage TV and share tips and support each other, because I think it's really hard. I think there are a lot of children that go to sleep with iPads and or sit in cars with iPads. And parents don't really know what's being watched. No. A lot of times I don't feel that they do. And I'm no. not speaking for everyone. I mean, sometimes everyone. you can control the app so you can make age-appropriate filters. There's all sorts of yeah. protections. You but can... I just feel like violence in the media and teachers are not showing violence to your kids at school. No. Like, if they are, you need to report them to the Ontario College of Teachers or whatever governing body you have in your right. place. Because kids should not be exposed to violence at school. But I think you also have to get involved in the national debate over media violence and let your voice and your children's voices be heard. Give feedback, positive and negative, to radio stations. We all have heard. I think of the whole Meghan Markle thing where she, as a young girl, wrote that letter about the role of women and how mm -hmm. they're being portrayed. And that blew up into a whole thing. Yeah. So your kids can write letters and and lead to some social change and break the cycle of blame and then start moving start start a movement mm -hmm. like it really only takes you like the story of the guy getting up on stage and he's doing this whatever and then the <laughs> other guy gets up and then all of a sudden the whole crowd is doing what they're doing yep. I, I think it it can work so i i felt that i needed to start this whole discussion by really putting a shining a light on media violence because that is not happening at school. They're yeah. not being exposed to media violence. They're not violence. learning how to bully at school. No, and they're not learning the violence. They're not watching media violence at school. No. So I that falls squarely in the parent camp. Camp. Yeah. And a society moves forward as individuals take responsibility for defying the norms. And that was that Ergen Abermas that we... Oh, right. From, yeah, our from our course. So I think that's an important statement to remake. As society moves forward, as individuals take responsibility for defying the norms. So if you teach your kids to defy, like to stand up, mm -hmm. then they will. Absolutely. Right. Okay, so then um, I think we need to formally teach kids about responsibility and choice and expect kids to self-regulate. Like self-regulation became a really big thing sort of in the last few years that I was teaching. It was introduced in kindergarten. But self-regulation is an adult issue as well. Absolutely. So I, I think our whole society has lost that ability. Well, there's pockets, obviously. That... Right, and I think that... Um, handling media 
in school is about kids being responsible, making good choices, and being able to self-regulate. Yeah. Like that is it. But kids aren't good. They don't come out of the birth canal knowing how to do any of those things. <laughs> so no, I guess not. they have to be formally taught. And I think they need to be. Well, and I mean, in our days, it was TV and it was called the boob tube because you just uh, right. sat there and stared at it for hours and hours and, and hours. And I mean, so this, this parents is part used of to do that then too. This is an opportunity with digital citizenship being a thing. Yeah. Then teach kids about responsibility and choice and defying, you know, and, and self-regulation. Teach them that mm -hmm. as part of their school day. Yeah. As part of their, like, understanding of what when you can show responsibility and good choices and then you can have certain privileges online maybe that other kids can't have. Right. So, um, and self-regulation is about your relationship with yourself and your ability to exert the effort, self-control, and critical uh, self-assessment to achieve the best possible result in any situation. So I can hear several adults saying, I don't think a kid is able to do that. Oh yeah, they are. For sure. For sure. I mean, not perfectly, and no. they have to practice it. But let's take it down to its lowest common denominator of two kids in kindergarten wanting the same block. Right. That's how low it is. So that child has to be able to say, I want that block. He wants that block. So I have to say, well, I don't, I don't want to hit him. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to show, I'm going to make a choice not to hit him. So how are we going to make it solve this problem over this block? Right. So like turn can we have a block or... or can we go to the block thing and see if there's another block like this block? Mm -hmm. So it is right from little, 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 little kids. Um, and if you start... When I was in special ed, we made things called social stories mm -hmm. where we kind of played out the scenario to the best possible outcome. And I think we should be doing more of that with, with kids, kids, with um, scenarios around, so, around technology. Mm -hmm. Well, we like, do that uh, because we're teaching culture to our second language learners. We do that scenario work to work through cultural class Yeah, of course situations. you do. Yeah. So, and I mean, overcoming fear of failure and distractions and being lazy and pursue achievement, like mm -hmm. pursue success and pursue learning and getting better. And going back to all that I've al always said about, we are one thing today, we are better tomorrow because yeah. we're learners, right? Mm -hmm. And kids are more than capable of this. And I like this idea about mindfulness is realizing that we have a choice. If you are in a mindful state, you realize that you have a choice. Yeah. And so we have to keep I, kids mindful. I think mindful. that a lot of parents or teachers, depending on the adults in their lives, have done a disservice to kids to make them feel that, you know, oh, I'm shy. So then they think, oh, I'm just shy. I can't change that. No, and or, that's... You know, or I worry a lot. So, oh, I can't stop the worrying a lot. That's just who I am. So I think there's a lot of that label that... And labels, I I mean, think I know are... some parents get furious with the school systems for labeling our children as this syndrome and this, but 
parents are are starting the labeling yeah. way before the kids get to school. And I mean, there is no reason why kids cannot make responsible choices around technology and self-regulate themselves around technology. If they mm -hmm. are given the opportunity and the right kind of boundaries, they can do it. So, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, um, to kind of throw the ba baby out with the bathwater, if we throw technology out, I mean, I actually disagreed with the Doug Ford thing where he said no, no, I cell, think, phones no or, cell phones in yeah. school because I think we need to, instead of just taking it away, I think we need to teach kids how to manage it mm -hmm. because technology, you know, medical technology saves lives. Communication is easier with technology. New discoveries, security, global access. It's a time saver, right? Like yeah, the ease huge. of mobility and accessibility. It's cost efficient. But like if we haven't come through COVID and realized the importance of technology, then we're crazy. Like Absolutely. we we have to entertainment and data storage and cloud storage and all that sort of stuff. And kids have to become responsible di digital citizens. And what I, from what I observed in classrooms and in schools, we expected digital citizenship to happen without the proper instruction. Mm -hmm. Clear boundaries, formalized lessons. Right. Explicit Explicit instruction. instructions. Uh, well, I know this wasn't technology, but one of our kids had a hard time uh, consuming sugar. But we taught him to recognize the sensations he had in his body of the buzz. Yeah, and then he would know what to do. Absolutely, about that. and so kids I, are and fully kids, capable and, of and this. You, with adults say, if they've been on technology for too long, and the Zoom fatigue is the people. Yeah. Come, but before Zoom fatigue, people would say, "Oh, you know, I played uh, video games for four hours, and then I couldn't sleep." Well, there's a reason why that happens right. to your brain. So they need to become and. Like, you don't want to, like, think about the, the kind of bonding we've been able to keep up with grandparents and all those kinds mm -hmm. of things. So we can't, the using of smart watches and, and wearables, encouraging kids to be active because my smart watch is telling me to move or yeah. I'm keeping track of my miles or my... You know, or I'm running yeah. up and down hills, like all of that. Well, like, those kids that love collecting things, they can start collecting data. Of yeah, things. and developing mental muscles. Like there are apps that help kids concentrate and focus. Yep. Help that there are apps that help kids with anxiety. The expressive, the expression of creativity through photos and music and creating movies. Like I used to try to create movies with my kids a few years ago. That now. Yeah. I would be like, okay, take your phone, like do this, whatever. And obviously you have to check on them and they can't, like I've had some terrible things happen in schools yeah. with technology. I could tell you I had a fight, um, uh, fake fight, fake fight created. I had porn shared, like bad things happen, but we have to be prepared for the future and technology is going to be part of most, if not all careers in some way learning to type which drives me crazy that our kids did not learn to type properly but whatever but they're fine they're fine to communicate in, <laughs> in online their own way stuff. like to navigate and just if all you have to do is navigate and troubleshoot online yeah like how many times did i have to support a teacher me who didn't know much to go in and troubleshoot about something that was happening with their technology yeah 
like plug it in. And the other thing is explicit instruction. I teach 20-something-year-olds, and they only know what to do on their phones. When it comes to a computer or a laptop, they're lost. They don't know how to use software necessarily, like word yeah. processing and things, because that hasn't been taught in schools for a long time, how to do word processing and yeah. format a document. And they're in their 20s. Yeah, I know. Because everything is phone driven, which is also a problem. A problem. But that's where but balance, explicit, right? Ins- explicit that's where explicit ins- instruction And the other thing is like technology does advance educational opportunities because kids who struggle with writing can use Google Read and Write. Yeah. Kids that struggle with reading can have things read to them. Like there's so much and it is accessible to every child. If your um, teacher or school is telling you that they can't access write like Google Read and Write, then you can not only can they access access it at school but at home you can yeah absolutely get on and school resources through online libraries and there's a a program that i read about while i was researching some of this stuff called be my eyes where blind people connect with sighted people for assistance with things wow cool so i if i was a teacher right now i would figure out you know grade seven and eight students Mm -hmm. and i would put them in like you know learning and teaching new things so To me, the important thing about technology is monitoring, protecting, and limiting without dwelling on the sinister Sinister side side of it. Because there's a sinister side, but there's a sinister side to everything. Yeah. So I'll just review that again. It's monitoring, protecting. You have a job to protect. Teachers have a job to protect. School boards, principals, everyone. Society has a job to protect kids from the sinister side of technology Mm -hmm. limiting but not dwelling on that sinister side so for you with a kid entering school here's some things for you to find out how does your child's teacher handle technology what's the school's policy on technology what's the board policy on technology Mm -hmm. read it read it with your kids because every board and every school have a technology policy and when i was a principal i wrote it with the parents at parent council Mm -hmm. my school one yeah so they have to have it create clear instructions for using technology you need to be an expert and you shouldn't be relying on your kids to tell you how to do things like no random searches no (laughs) like parameters around i would go into a classroom sometimes and say um what are you guys doing oh we're searching okay that's a pretty dangerous thing to be doing yeah it's just like typing in random words to try to find stuff into google like i always gave my kids like four sites these are the sites you can look at and even if the school even if the school it department sets the safety for age appropriate that's stuff still gets through because the sinister side wants it to yeah so and i always had at school a tech team of kids and those kids were trained Mm -hmm. to help each other and they had lunch meetings but they could help other kids troubleshoot and they kept an eye on things and um the other thing is the teacher needs to be getting up and moving around the classroom or Mm -hmm. having some kind of That's a question to ask. How do you monitor technology in the classroom? There's lots of monitoring systems 
There are mon there is a monitoring system in place where I can look at what every kid I can sit at the, my computer and look at what every kid is doing. Mm -hmm. So that's got to. And I always told kids I would regularly be checking their history and knowing what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And we did. We did check their history because. We, some uh, kids learn how to clear the history. But they then, do. as a parent at home, there are other things but you can I do But if I suspected to, something, yeah. I could call the board and they could get deeper. Right. Like, you can't clear everything. That's not possible. So No, but uh, at, at home as a parent, there's also software that you can install that um, digs deeper, even if your kids know how to clear the yes. history. Yes. No, uh, that's... Like that's I, I that's much, part of the protection. I stayed on part. top of everything, and like I think our kids were like seventeen when they finally passed me. Yes, and savvy. But when they're in that age bracket where you are still, they're still form, they're yeah. pretty formative, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, I, it drove me crazy to see the smart board turned into an overhead projector and the computer into a worksheet. Well, that's for parents to put pressure on teachers to yeah. use the technology. So, you know, what are what are the various ways that technology are being used? Like, uh, I would go into this one grade eight classroom and literally it, the, the smart board, which is an interactive board, was an overhead projector. <sighs> she was just putting stuff up on it. And the other thing is, you know, talk with your kids about what they're, how they're using technology. Uh, technology shouldn't be about making learning fun. That's not the reason we use technology. There are so many aspects of apps and other technology mm -hmm. tools which make learning happen in the brain in a completely new way, which doesn't replicate what we used to do 40 years ago. So, yeah, you can have a spelling test or, or crossword puzzles online. Wow, that's just glamorizing. It's a, it's a worksheet. So a look worksheet. out for worksheets that are disguised as technology and i mean there's all kinds of tools and apps like you use all kinds like flipgrid and yeah so and there's a lot of them now have be because of covid have been well even before that have become safer and safer uh with identity protection and anon anonymity anonymity thank you <laughs> and uh and um scrambling of information stuff like that so there's flipgrid where you can uh, leave video, video messages for each other so students can make group projects, group videos, or individual ones and leave feedback. Uh, there's uh, Floop is a place where they can take a picture of any drawing. They've done any handwriting work and upload it. And then you can click on the parts that you want to comment about, uh, give feedback. Uh, you can draw on it. You can type feedback it's a very very robust feedback uh software for and it's developed by teachers so they really know what they were doing yeah so um being part of a online community i think like instead of restaurants of niagara maybe we should have digital citizenship for parents like you know people getting you, together facebook groups? Yes, yes facebook groups or <laughs> any kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. right so that parents have a place to go my kid wants to do this what do you think and teach did a digital and i know that facebook can get very nasty you let your child do that that's terrible and blah 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 but um i think if you take digital citizenship and relate it to actual social behavior and citizenship i think it's it's a lot easier for kids to relate to. We are kind in person. We are kind 
online. We are, and, and kids do not understand the fact that they cannot hide online. They do not. I mean, the biggest one that I was when it was grade, a grade seven boy who sent a very nude picture of himself to a bunch of girls and the police came because that's actually possession and distribution of pornography and took all these phones. Mm -hmm. Well, I deleted it. <laughs> it didn't delete it from the ICE investigation no. unit. Yeah. Like they didn't, you didn't delete it from them. Yeah, but the cell phone companies still had a record yeah. of it. Yeah, and the one kid would not, did not want to, I deleted it. I'm not giving you my phone. I'm not giving my phone. I said to the police officer, you have to take her phone. Like you mm -hmm. have to show her that this is not, it's on there. Whether you think you've deleted it or not, it's mm -hmm. on there. And kids just don't under, I don't know. So the more you talk about that, Oh, you sure you want to put that up online? Because that is there. Mm -hmm. And I, <laughs> I remember our kids made just a silly video in grade nine, whatever, and their friends wanted to post it online. And I said, in three years, I don't think you're going to want to remember this being online and it's not going to go away. And uh, they so didn't. They didn't. And yeah. And I think uh, one of the lines that I have to say, care for technology starts at home. Right. So if kids come to school with the skills they need to keep their, you know, iPads and phones and computers or laptops or whatever they have in good condition and safe and not be banging them around and storing them properly. It's a lot easier for teachers yeah. to deal with that. So I think we all have to remember that we have to model the ideal behavior and kids and need teach to it explicitly. Yeah. And if you ha you should have guidelines written at home the same as teachers have guidelines written at school and kids should be fully aware there are no computers in your bedroom until you're, you know, whatever age you are. There are no whatever like there's an hour of screen time. Most families have guidelines, mm -hmm. right? And for us, when our kids were young, we wouldn't allow any first-person violent games. Yeah. Like, you know, where the actual person shooting looked real. So, who they shot looked real. Yes. And um, I always said to teachers, and this is something to watch out for as parents, that never punish the whole class for one or a group of students' behaviors. Yeah. Everybody's losing computers because blah. And try to, teachers should be creating consequences that don't disrupt the kids' ability to do their work. Right. So, you know, if they have to write something out or, you know, do something different because they have lost their computer privileges for a day, and consequences really need to fit the crime, like, yeah, to so make I mean, sense. losing the computer would have to do with something that happened on the computer. Yes, yes. Like if you're on a site that you're not supposed to be on, the other thing is you can shut down the ability to have internet and still let them yes. do word processing. Absolutely. So there's a lot of things that you can do. And I think for me, it's all about balance. Technology is everywhere and to me, it's about, it's like any other pervasive issue mm -hmm. or, or thing. You have to ma manage it in a positive way. And if you're not prepared to do that, so it's that same story that I was saying, instead of pulling the drowning people out of the river, 
head upstream and make sure that their success <laughs> or that they're they know how to swim or that right yeah. or that mm-hmm. they have a life raft or that they know what to do instead of just waiting till they're down at the other end of the river and pulling them out because they're oh and then oh technology is so terrible and get my kids this and my kids that when you've spent no time putting the things in place that they need Mm -hmm. in order to be successful. I go back to the one that we did on success and confidence. If kids have the boundaries in place and they know what to expect and things are in place and they are given some highly controlled, successful experiences with technology, then they're going to, it's going to breed success. Success does breed success. So I don't know if you have anything else to add. Those are my ideas. I think I added here. I, uh, so, um, sprinkled in for September the first, the 15th, I'm going to talk about what information for should you get from your child's teacher daily, weekly, and monthly. So that is important, especially for the beginning of the year. And September 30th, I'm going to do what is differentiation in the classroom and what does it look like? Um, personalization of life for kids and learning for kids. October 15th, I'm going to do strategies that build community in schools and what should all schools promote, that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And then... For the last one, October 30th, and then we're going to get into some relationship stuff again, like um, truth and shame and how that impacts relationships. But October 30th, I'm going to do something about assessment, reading your child's report card, understanding what's happening, knowing what to expect, a little bit on, I'm going to talk about individual education plans when I talk about differentiation. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, so I hope that I've kind of covered a, we have kind of covered a bunch of... And if any topics come up that if you think of something we haven't talked about and you want some tips or advice... You can always email us. No one seems to ever do that, but you can always email. Don't forget to go online at noroomforphonies.com, no room number four, phonies.com. There's tons of stuff on there. crochet patterns knitting patterns recipes inspirational things an opportunity to email there's podcast and the podcasts are all there so you know take the time to go on the website and have a look and see if there's something i'm sure there would be something there's gardening stuff we're going to be um videotaping and taking pictures of a gar a big gardening project in this household this fall so we are turning our the left side of our front lawn into a big garden so we're gonna put that online and and the process and what we do so thank you road construction company yeah they kind of didn't put good sod didn't the sod was terrible so we decided so that's it for um episode 47 kids and school and technology enjoy the last bit of summer and uh, good luck on your with for your kids and you and their start up to school and i'm going to be posting on social media some important things to help your prepare your kid for school and the school year ahead so thanks for joining us on no room for phonies kids and school 